You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm your co-host, Brad Jackson. And here we are. And for you people that maybe just be listening to the uh, audio show, we now have a video show as well. So, uh, hi, YouTube. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and all that bullshit. Smash that like button. <laughs> but go to the YouTube, look up Cigar Nerds Podcast if you want to uh, see what this uh, shit wagon looks like while we're filming it. And if you're just watching the video yeah, show... Yeah, we just got demonetized. <laughs> Uh, we're not monetized yet anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, we normally do a uh, a shorter version for YouTube, so if you want to f- see the full extended version of the show, yeah, go to our website and uh, download the audio broadcast as well. So, what are we smoking this week, Brad? Uh, this week we had the CAO Arcana Firewalker. Yes, remember, uh, I guess about a year ago, we uh, we talked about the first of the Arcana series of... Cigars, the uh, Mortal Coil, and this is the kind of the sequel to that. I mean, this definitely off the gate seems to be a much bigger, bolder cigar than I remember the Immortal Coil being. Yeah, this one definitely has. I mean, the Mortal Coil was it was good, but it wasn't enough to like. I don't think I smoked one past what we smoked on the show. But this one's got a bit of a. Yeah, I mean, I mean this, you got a name like Firewalker. It, uh... <laughs> yeah, this is this is a big boy, and I think they're you know calling up Firewalker because you know you've got the Habano Rosada um, wrapper with Nicaraguan Habano binder, or and you know even some Habano fillers. Like, well, kind of the one of the things about this Arcana series is bringing uh, historic ways of aging tobacco to like you know, the modern cigars. So, you know, the kind of the, the weird thing they do with this cigar is the, uh, you know, the primary aging used by local tobacco farmers in Western Nicaragua, they basically pile up the tobacco and then bury it in like volcanic soil for two months. So this looked like, you know, was put, you know, un- under the dirt for like two months to, uh, <laughs> to age before they, well, uh, not only the dirt, the but cigar. you know, like you said, the volcanic ash and, you know, um, that soil does wonders for tobacco. Yeah, it definitely has like a I mean, you can definitely a smokier flavor to it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, not it's not as strong as like the uh, Kentucky Fire Cured, but it definitely like a it gives it a, like a smokiness to it I, I, that I like. And then even well, after Well, I mean, it's burning, Joe. Well, I meant like a smoky in flavor, not smoky as in actual smoky. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah, and then it's aged an additional nine months after they uh, after they dig it up. So, yeah, this is a uh, lot goes into these uh, Arcana series that you don't see in most uh, modern day cigars. Which, you know, I, I like the old school way of doing it. I mean, this is like this is damn flavorful. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's got an earthiness. It's got you know that char sort of flavor to it you know anybody that is a fan of smoked or barbecued foods that likes a little bit of kick with your sauce this cigar right up your alley yeah i mean it's i just smoked some wings today and it's like yeah mm, that's 
not that that flavor I was uh, <laughs> experiencing earlier. But it's not so much like I said the like the Kentucky Fire Cured style of cigars. That's got a much more, I guess, charcoal. Well, I mean that's that's just char. Like yeah, I mean, let's that, let's call it for what it is. You know that tastes more burnt than I mean, where this tastes smoked. <laughs> yeah, this is this is refined. The Kentucky Fire Cure is just like uh, let's put flame to it and see what happens. <laughs> Let's burn things. People like that. <laughs> but, you know, this is also one of those misleading cigars because, you know, people often have that perception that, oh, it's dark. It's going to be strong as hell. But, you know, this has got that Colorado coloring to it. Yeah, I mean, doesn't look like it would be, you know, that kind of intent. Not even like, I said, we just started, so I can't really tell if that's strong, but definitely just bold flavor. And, you know, normally. I smoke my regulars and if I'm going to, we're going to do something on the show, I try not to smoke it so we can get like a kind of an honest first reaction when we're recording. And this thing's I'm impressed so far. Yeah. I mean, off the gate into the first third, this is shaping up to be definitely a, a full flavor, full body cigar. Yeah. No, No doubt about it. I mean, I'm liking this one more than the, the mortal coil was good, but it wasn't one that I went back to. I mean, the, it, I mean, the price point on these are $12, $13. So I'm like, it wasn't one that it like made into my everyday rotation. It was good, but it wasn't one that like, oh, damn, I got to have that again. This one, though, this one I would probably uh, have more of. Oh, well, and I got to say, just the artwork of the box looks awesome. Yeah, they do like a good, like I said, I like that kind of red and back. But they they do like special, I know, for these special cigars. special. the goth in me. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Is like if you're a vampire, the masquerade cosplayer, or whatever. I mean, it kind of fits your uh, your aesthetic. <laughs> so this week, uh, you know, for those watching at home, you can see the the lightsaber and the baby Yoda on the table. We're gonna talk about books. We're do- this this is the what the hell's a baby Yoda? Fucking Grogu, whatever the little bastard, green bastard there. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the uh, the mechanic says. That's a stupid name. I'm not gonna call you that. <laughs> But we're uh, we're welcome to the Cigar Nerds Book Club. We're going to talk about books this week, specifically the book of Boba Fett, uh, which was not a book at all. No, I didn't see any reading involved. Well, I mean, I did have my uh, subtitles on. Yeah, the Sand People had some subtitles. Some of the other aliens. So yeah, there was some reading involved. There we go. Visual books. Ah, <laughs> uh, but if you're going to have to fight off a Pike Syndicate. You should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. If you got a travel light, it comes with tiny little tin pouches. You can take them anywhere on any of your galactic runs. Damn, it's a good cigar. But with that, we'll be right back. <laughs> And welcome back. You know, we went looking for Skywalker. We found the Firewalker. I mean, 
I mean, what a cool name. Luke Firewalker. Starkiller. <laughs> well, that, that was, like, supposed to be, like, Luke's, like, like in the... I that guess... would be, like, the, the parody of... Well, like, in the early drafts of Star Wars, that's that's it was his name, Luke Starkiller, and they changed it to Skywalker, and then they used Starkiller in uh, the uh, Force Unleashed series. That they, That's what they end up naming... Naming, uh, whatever, Darth Vader's apprentice was Starkiller. And then, of course, the they named that stupid Death Star Part 3 from uh, Force Awakens <laughs> Starkiller Base. Good on you for being able to keep track of all of that. I forgot my name three times this week alone. <laughs> and it's only Tuesday. Good times. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Do you remember your name? I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Your name is Brad. We're in the Nerd Cave, a.k.a. this murder shed we record in. <laughs> oh, the murder shed. I got it now. Great. Uh, yeah, you may want to take off that giant band, because it's, uh, it's the only dangerous of these Arcanas. they got a big-ass band, and those things will, yeah. I, I thought that was quickly. there to enhance the flavor of the cigar. <laughs> so I don't smoke through the band? No. But like I said, oh, this one's boy. a little bit, uh, you know, longer than normal. So you'll uh, <laughs> you'll hit paper sooner than you realize. Oh, I guess the the bands will make her dance. <laughs> so yes, today we're gonna talk about the book of Boba Fett, aka Mandalorian season three, from the <laughs> from the way it kind of went through there. Wow! Spoiler alert! Oh yeah, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this. So, anyone who watched Mandalorian Season 2 uh, ended with a post credit scene of Boba Fett and Fennec Shan walking into uh, Jabba's palace and capping old Bib Fortuna in the face and uh, taking over what's left of Jabba's crime and syndicate. And Book of Boba Fett picks up where that kind of Yeah, at this point, off. can it even be called a syndicate anymore? Yeah, because it seems like it's just like... Hey, we're One a bunch town. of random people. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like how, like, like the collapse of, uh, you know, Jabba's empire there. It's like, I always thought like Jabba was like this, you know, controlled like a lot of, you know, space. And it's like, at this point when like, after, you know, Bib Fortuna Tigger was like, yeah, pretty much I just run Moss Espa. Like I got, I got a town. <laughs> Peace up, a town down. With sight. Oh. But yeah, so we have uh, Tamura Tamura Morrison returning as Boba Fett, aka the guy who played all the clones in the prequels, and Jango Fett, and now Boba Fett. <laughs> Yay! Which. Yep. I mean, that's awesome, though. You literally get to carry out the Fett, you know, lineage. Yeah, and he's pretty much like, you know, after playing like Django and all that, it's been so long, like, he's like legit the correct age to play Boba now. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's kind of, uh, you know, fitting that he got to, to come back. I agree. So let me ask, what do you think, you know, start from the very beginning, did episode one fill in some plot holes and explain some things that, you know, pre
previously were kind of left unvisualized, like as far as how you know one would escape from a uh, Sarlacc. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah. So this, you know, that's one of the things since Boba Fett survived in the the old Star Wars books, you know. But that's since the Disney takeover. None of that stuff is canon, so. We all ha- was like, so is it rifle? <laughs> Canon isn't part of official story. <laughs> so yeah, it was like we all like assumed. I rifle the story. We like we wanted Boba Fett to survive, but like I said, since all the books were null and void, we're like until he showed up in you know season two of the Mandalorian. It's like did Boba survive? And but yeah, episode one starts off with like they kind of you know, start off current times were him being in Jabba's palace, you know, trying to run, you know, bringing his gang to life. But then we get a series of flashbacks showing what happened to him from his time ending up in the Sarlacc pit to where, where he is today and fills in those backstories. And, you know, it starts with him escaping the Sarlacc, which I got to say, it was kind of similar to in the books. He basically overloaded his jetpack and exploded the inside of the <laughs> Sarlacc. Where this, he uh, you know, broke out his flamethrower and just like burned a burned his way out and shimmied up through the sand and passed out in the in the. Uh... But in the books, he was found by uh, uh, the bounty hunter Dingar, who like nursed him back to health in exchange for like, hey, I need you to help me on a mission. And him and you know, Boba teamed up for a while. Where this, it's like. We know from Mandalorian season two, somehow his armor ended up in a Jawa sandcrawler that eventually got, uh, uh, bought or whatever by, uh, uh, Vanth, uh, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. The marshal of, of most Peglos, AKA freedom town. But you're like, you see what happens now. It's like fucking he <laughs> crawls out of the damn Sarlacc and just passes out in the sand and a bunch of thieving ass Jawas jack his suit and just leave him out there. <laughs> it's like, Goddamn Jawas. Always stealing shit. But if you can get them on your side, they're the most resourceful beings ever. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're paying them for shit, they'll, they'll get you whatever you want. Uh, but like, yeah, Where did you find that? It's like, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Redefine the whole don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah. And we also have our first incident of someone... Dating a Joe, <laughs> which comes later in the series. <laughs> Apparently, they're hairy. Yeah, lots of hair. Like they've never actually like in you know, movies, cartoons, but they've never shown a Jawa without its robe. But apparently, they're like little rat people, <laughs> from what I hear. Huh. little rat people. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, there's that. I mean, that's something. So yeah, he's uh, I like too because, like I said, he was, and I said to him like, how long was that motherfucker like in the Sarlacc before he crawled out? Like never, it doesn't give us any kind of like a time reference. Yeah, and I, I think whatever um, the Mandalorian supposed to take place four or five years after Return of the Jedi. So man, did he like was he in that stomach for a couple years before he uh? Dug out, or was that whole stuff with him and the uh, maybe Tuscans? They, was he with them for like you know several years? And so maybe there was a Bacta tank in the uh, Sarlacc, and you know, 
He was able to continually rejuvenate himself while, you know. It may take a while to roast your way out of a <laughs> out of a Sarlacc. Uh, but yeah, then he's found like found by Tuscans who decide to enslave him or eat him. You know, we don't know what Tuscans are doing. But I tell you, one thing was kind Tuscans of cool. are doing Tuscan things, and that's all they're <laughs> just just chill. I, I do like this too because it it gave us more kind of backstory on the Tuscans. I mean, just this one tribe, but always in the movies and the books, they've just been like kind of random savages, but. It gave him more. Yeah, no, more I mean character. this was actually like watching a cultural documentary, you know, yeah. on the Tuscans. You know, I mean, you just get you know so much more in depth with you know basically their you know culture and society. And I thought it was kind of cool, you know, where you know I always just figure uh, they're brutal savages, but I guess if you've got the will and the strength to fight, you can earn their respect. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, we, we've, we've always made the, the comment that the Mandalorians especially is kind of looks like a, uh, a Western like this very much looked like, you know, some of the old Westerns where, you know, the, you know, the white man ends up getting adopted by an Indian, uh, tribe or something. And, very it had that like you know old school western of the the cowboy gaining the respect of the uh the natives and and kind of being an honorary part of the uh you have things the tribe i can and learn stuff. and i have things i can teach dances with sarlax and they you know there was no cornucopia <laughs> uh but yeah the i said these first Kind of the four first four episodes, the flashbacks I thought were better than the actual things happening. Yeah, in, that was kind of the thing the for show. me is, you know, especially episode one and two, I'm like, I want to see more action. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, the flashbacks are great. But then we cut back to present time and it's like, I just want more from the series. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing too is I think they kind of screwed themselves a little bit because... His like introduction and Mandalorian when he just shows up and just fucks up all those like yeah like it starts like at like, a ten yeah. and <laughs> then like now it's like it's kind of a slow burn for these first couple episodes I mean we get action eventually but yeah it's like he was such like larger than life and badass when he first shows up in the Mandalorian and then he like doesn't do a whole lot these first couple of episodes I mean and even then like you know when it is time for the badassery like. There's the moments, but I never got that larger-than-life sense. Because, you know, there's always a foe. Or, you know, he's in some sort of a, you know, peril. And for me, you know, it, it in a way brought, you know, a, a more humanized... Uh, approach to the character i guess yeah they try to turn him into like you know the sopranos <laughs> you know where yeah essentially it's you're now king this is your kingdom you've got to figure out how to rule and do you do that with an iron fist or do you do that by you know trying to help everybody so everybody you know in turn will you know be grateful and help you yeah and it's like he has that conversation with uh fennec shan when they f first go to like all right, let's go out on our first patrol and talk to the 
my new subjects or whatnot. And she's like, you know, I can go deal with these people myself. And he's like, no, you know, Jabba ruled out of fear. I tend to rule out of respect. And she's like, I get that. But just so you know, uh, push comes to shove. Uh, fear is easier. <laughs> but I like he, he, they really kind of make him, even though he's like the new crime boss, he like legitimately wants to like help the people of Mos Espa. And like, it's like, he spent so much time as that solo bounty hunter, like not depending on anybody, just a gun for hire. And then he shows up and he's like, I want to be a boss now. But then, and you're, you kind of don't understand that until you get through these flashbacks where he's like, no, I want a tribe of my own. Like I, I'm it's, this is not about being the crime boss and making a shitload of money. It's about kind of building a family in my, my own way. Cause like, I'm tired of being, I'm tired of, Risking my life for, for dumbasses. Like if I'm going to risk my life, I'd rather it be for my own benefit. And like, I also, you know, can't do this alone and need, uh, you know, trusted people around me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, later on, you know, talking about the Tuscans, I think that's really, really, you know, got that sense of tribe and community, you know, and working toward, you know, a, a common goal for the collective community. I also thought it was kind of funny when you first see him, his flight suit that's under his armor from being in the Sarlacc is bleached completely white. So he's in this like white jumpsuit. Well, if you know anything about like the history of star Wars, the original prototype for Boba Fett, he was going to be a uh, kind of like an elite stormtrooper. So like his original armor is all white. And they decided to not like go that direction. Well, obviously, and then painted because, him up, you know, to what we know him now. He'd be a pretty shitty bounty hunter because he'd never hit anything. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to be like stormtrooper special forces was like Lucas's original plan, and then they decided like, nah, let's let's not do that. But I still want to use this cool armor character we made, so they painted him up, made him you know a bounty hunter. So yeah, the, his original suit was all white. So when him showing up in like the white jumpsuit, I'm like, all right, that's kind of a Kind of throwback to the <laughs> the OG, the, the the origins, if you will. Yeah, but him first, like adapting to being with the the Tuscans, like when the kid takes him out to like uh, hunt uh, whatever watermelons, whatever those, the black melon. Yeah, the black melon. It's like the their way they get water and stuff. He accidentally digs up like a four armed fucking Goro from Mortal Kombat, <laughs> and then. You know, fucking uh, decapitate, you know, chokes him out with a chain like, you know, Leia doing Jabba. And then, you know, brings brings the kid back safe and, like, lets him take all the credit. So the kid, you, know, you can't understand Tuscan language, but the kid's, like, you know, talking all this shit. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a soldier now. I, I killed this beast and stuff. And the chief just walks over to Boba Fett and, like, hands him a, a, a melon. He's like, yeah, I, I know you're letting the kid, uh, <laughs> kid, uh you know, gain some respect, but like, yeah, I know who really, uh, uh killed this beast. Or do you? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Uh, but yeah, like the kind of modern times of, of, uh, of, uh, this episode, he goes to the Moss Espas to, to, 
to check it out. It's funny that funny running joke is like, oh, I didn't hear you, uh, you know, show up. Like, where's your uh, litter? And he's like, I'm a man. I'll walk on my own two feet. I'm not a, like a fat hut that's gonna get <laughs> carried yeah. around everywhere. Which I didn't see. Why didn't he just like fly a ship, like land that ship in the middle of town and be like, here's my litter? <laughs> or we didn't have the budget for uh, <laughs> Slave One running around except for a couple episodes. Yeah, that was the one thing. Is I, you know. It's such an iconic ship. Like, but I get it, you know. You can't always give your fans too much of what they want. And that's the other thing, too. He So they go to the uh, the cantina called the Sanctuary, and, like, you know, you know he's talking about not wanting to use a, a, a litter, and Fennec Shan's like, you know, things would go a lot easier if you conform to everybody's, uh, you know, the normalities or whatever. And, uh, you know, the couple of Twilight's was like, hey, can we uh, polish your helmets for you? And uh, she's like, no way. He's like, no, yeah, let them polish your helmets. Like, things will go easier if we uh, follow their traditions. <laughs> Throws it back at her. <laughs> and they bring the helmets back, and his is, like, full of uh, credits. <laughs> and it's like, she just looks like, I think your helmet's shinier than mine. <laughs> but then they get jumped by those assassins with the shields. Was That's, like, the first kind Real of action, action we get. Yeah. But then again, like, watching it through, like, a second or... I'm like... All right, cool. He's like fighting these dudes. He has a jetpack. Why didn't he just fly up? <laughs> You're surrounded by guys with shields. Fly over those motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know. It, to I me, mean, shooting the rocket at close range was not a good idea. That that kind of hurt yeah. a little bit. But I'm like, yeah, dude, just yeah, go for a flight. I don't know. That it felt very video game ish. You know, I was like, oh, are we doing some Assassin's Creed or <laughs> Prince of Persia type shit going on. But I mean, it was kind of cool because I mean, you know, you. You expect them to have the rifle and, you know, yeah. everything else, but to see more of a martial arts parkour, you know, type yeah, event. Yeah, you get a... Fennec Shan's like a badass. She gets that whole, like, parkour chasing the assassins, and he sh he blows the one up with the rocket. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, that's payback for, you know, uh, attacking me. And she's like, he's like, bring them back alive. And like, and like, she catches up with, like, the two of them and, like, looks at the one, and he's like, I only need one of you, and, like, chunks the other one off the building. <laughs> Oh, but you I say that do. the second episode probably has one of my favorite jokes in the uh, the thing. That too. Oh, to back it up a second, like we get that first scene of everyone coming to the palace to uh, pay tribute to the new uh, Daimo, and you get that slimy uh, freaking assistant of the mayor, and I'm like, they have done a perfect job of depicting a politician. Yes. <laughs> like every time that slimy bastard is on screen, I'm just like. Ah, uh, politicians. <laughs> Even in a galaxy far, 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 far away, away, they're still they, douchebags. <laughs> they don't change, do they? All politicians are cunts. <laughs> that and the, uh, did you notice the mayor's name? I don't think I paid that. It was Mayor Mock Shies. So if you say it fast, it's Mayor McCheese. <laughs> Mayor Mock Cheese. Like, that has to be, like, a, a freaking... That has to be on... Favreau had to, like, write that joke on purpose. He's like, yeah, we gotta go see Mayor Mock Cheese. <laughs> Mac and Cheese? <laughs> that was, like, the fucking mayor from, like, McDonald's land. Mayor McCheese. <laughs> For some uh, reason, I'm thinking Rescue Rangers. Monterey Jack. Cheese... Uh, but yeah, when he, uh, they bring the assassin back to, uh, 
the palace to like question him and he's like I'm not gonna say anything and Fennec's like well maybe he'll talk to the Rancor and like hits the button and he falls into the pit and the gate slowly starts opening and he's like it was the mayor the mayor sent me and the gate opens there's just a rat in there and she's like we don't have a Rancor dumbass <laughs> I was like that's like the funniest fucking joke yes cause like if you you know remember Return of the Jedi they haven't replaced the the Rancor that Luke killed Yet, anyway. Spoiler alerts. You know, we get a we get another rancor. <laughs> and we get a Danny Trejo. I kept expecting him to come back, though. Like, literally, he's in that one episode. For, like, 20 seconds. And, and... then you never see him again. <laughs> I was like, where's Trejo, man? I want, to, I want to see Trejo, like, you know. Or, like, a training montage of him teaching Boba to ride a rancor or some shit. We got nothing. We got, like... <laughs> yeah. Well, a I cameo. mean, you know. And it was a Robert Rodriguez-directed episode, so of course Danny Trejo's in it. <laughs> it's like, we only have enough budget for 30 seconds. Danny's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, when he goes to, like, uh, then they go to visit the mayor, and, uh, you know, he tells him that, uh, oh, no, I didn't hire the uh, assassins. Uh, are you, are you, are you, are you sure? You should, you really see what's going on. And he goes and back to the uh the bar and turns out uh a couple of Jabba's cousins the twins ha- are are showing up to lay claim to his uh his place and that's like the most bad he just like walks out of the bar and they're on their like big leader with their with a uh, black uh Karestan, the uh Wookiee bounty hunter slash gladiator that motherfucker is badass i mean he looks like way bigger than Chewbacca and like his like electrified brass knuckles he has that's one badass character. I definitely want to see him return yeah, in the future. I, I definitely wanted to see more of his arc. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and he, like... Just I don't like, know, just something about, you know, like the coloring and everything else. I'm like, yeah, you're badass. <laughs> and just like Jabba, like, just... Yeah, or not Jabba, Boba just, like, talking shit to the, the huts, like, you know... She's like, you know, if y'all if y'all want to do something, today's a good day to die. <laughs> but the uh, and it's funny too, like the the male, I guess, of the uh, huts reminds me very much of like these old movies of like the uh, the southern gentleman where he's like using a rat to like wipe sweat off his brow. He's like, using, he like pulls his rat out like he's gonna eat it, but he just like uses it to like you know. <laughs> pat his face. Oh, good lord, I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> I was like, that's funny as shit. He's like, wiping his face with a fucking rat. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I... Bring me my sweat rat. <laughs> <laughs> rat or rag? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Give me my sweat rat. I... I mean, I could understand if it was like a Pomeranian or something. You know, that's like a mop. A rat? I don't know how absorbent a rat is. Maybe he has more than one rat. He just kind of like, just switches them out. Hmm. I'll have to get another pet rat and see how it works at absorbing sweat. <laughs> You'd be like, dude, why is your face scratched up? No, try to use my uh, sweat rat. Oh, God, that reminds me of a tell you once we're off off the mic uh, there's a great uh scene from peacemaker with a 
unfortunate raccoon incident. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, uh, and of course the flashbacks, we get more of, of, uh, Fett, uh, becoming part of the tribe where you know, now that he's kind of gained their respect by saving the kid, they, he sees the tribe get attacked by a Pike's, uh, sp- spice train. And he's like, these motherfuckers like shoot at you all the time. And they're like, yeah, pretty much. And he's like, I could stop that if you want me to. And he like ventures off on his own and goes to like the fucks up this biker gang and like steals all their bikes <laughs> and brings them back. And he's like, my gift to you. And they all start trying to like, you know, break them. He's like, no, no, no. Like, what did you, what did you think about the design of the bikes? Did you get, I, I got very much fifties era or, or the, yeah, the, not the uh, bikes from the, uh, that he steals for the Tuscans, but the bikes from his gang later on. Yeah, very much like 50s, like low, 50s hot rod or like low rider. Yeah. Like the, just the, the crazy ass colors and shit. Uh, like those are. I didn't expect that design. No. I don't know what I was anticipating, but that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, like the things he stole from the uh, the biker gang. Looked more like the traditional speeder bikes we're used to in Star Wars, where those things were like, those are fucking fancy. <laughs> it's like it's like the the Nick Two uh, gang he's stolen from very much looked like the old style bikers, where they got kind of leather jackets and stuff. Where this is like the more kind of the '60s, like younger generation, like flashier bikers, <laughs> almost like lowrider culture. So you're a greaser, like bikers. I guess. No, greasers still like wore like leather and shit. But, like these are, I guess, the more European style bikers. I guess. I mean, they all had English accents, so it kind of makes sense. Like the cat, the Crush Rocket uh, or Cafe Bikers. Cafe Bikers. Yeah, it's like the kind of English style. They basically more racing than cruising style bikes. Hmm. Yeah, they definitely had a unique style that didn't. Kind of fit in with uh, Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they they definitely stood out, and I mean, I'm not gonna say I hated it or anything. I was just like, that seems out of place. Yeah, when he had him using them for like intelligence and stuff, and like following people, I'm like, y'all a little flashy for uh, surveillance work. <laughs> I mean, they were cool at all. They like, yeah, they kicked some ass, but but yeah, then at, like... at the same time, like maybe that goes into that whole hiding in plain sight, like, oh, this person's too flashy to be, you know, a private eye. <laughs> Definitely not going to be some kind of some kind of spy. And that was too, too, like, you get, you know, his first uh, kind of, uh, whatever, other businessman comes to him, is like, you know, these these unruly youths are stealing my, my water. And then he goes to investigate, and, and they're like, well, yeah, they're, of course we stole his water because he's charging us, like, a month's wages for a week's worth of water. And he's like, you know, there's no, there's no jobs. There's no food. And he's like, well, if you want to work, then come work for me. Y'all seem like, you know, resourceful individuals. Uh, come, uh, I'll give you a job. <laughs> and then tells the corrupt, uh, water monger to fuck off and lower his prices. This is my town, bitch. I need a town. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that whole thing of uh, him teaching the the training montage of him teaching the Tuscans to ride uh, <laughs> speeder bikes is is kind of hilarious, and it 
there's a lot of this stuff where Favreau is definitely, you can see a lot of uh, kind of references to pop culture and other movies. This very much reminds me of like a great train robbery Western, you know, like Butch and Son. It's, it's that, you know, classic Western of we're going to outlaw is going to hijack a train was, I mean that, and then the, uh, the, uh, chief's wife or whatever, I guess she is. She's a bad bitch. I mean, when she gets on the train and just starts, Oh yeah. Dude. Bodies flying out the windows and shit. I'm like, a bad motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. Although I did feel bad for the one Tuscan that, you know, had to practice the jumping from, you know, speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, we gotta, we gotta, like, you know, jump off and land on the train, and that dude just kept falling. And the one time he landed on it, he's like, I'm on it, I'm on it. Oh, nope, nope, falling off. <laughs> oh, yeah, that them learning to ride was was kind of hilarious. And then, of course, after they, uh, yeah, take the train and tell the Pikes, like, yeah, this this land belongs to the Tuscan. Uh, y'all gonna have to. Uh, pay toll if you if you want to come through they send a officially adopt fet into the uh into the tribe and like <laughs> give him a lizard and he's just like oh, thank you i will uh treasure this lizard and then it crawls up his nose and he starts tripping balls and goes on a fucking vision ayahuasca quest. <laughs> yes <laughs> just he's like oh sorry I, I, th- I think i swallowed it and then he all of a sudden he starts tripping balls and ends out somewhere out in the desert and finds a tree and comes back with his uh, gaffy stick. <laughs> and then, like, the chief opens up the little box and the lizard pops out of his nose and jumps back in the box. He's like, oh, I thought that was part of the hallucination. <laughs> uh, why don't we have trippy ball lizards? <laughs> you gotta get some of those whatever uh, poison frogs. You, you, to, Just you, lick you lick the, the poison frog and you start tripping balls. Oh, but yeah, of course, when he goes to town to, to secure the deal with the Pikes, uh, supposedly the, uh, biker gang returns and slaughters his, uh, his tribe. So once again, he's alone and the whole, the, the kind of the montage too, of him, like building his, his ga his gaffy stick once he's official part of the tribe. I thought that was cool too, showing like how they make those, the traditional Tuscan weapons. I don't know, I just love, you know, the fact that they showed that, you know, I I, I don't know, you know, I mean, it was really cool, because I kept expecting, you know, blasters and that sort of thing, but there were a lot more hand-to-hand and martial arts involved, and I thought yeah. that was just an interesting, it was different than how I thought it would be in my head. You know, because I always think of, you know, Fett and, oh, he's got a rifle, he's got a rocket, he's got his little, you know. He's got all the toys. <laughs> but I guess toys are no good if you don't know fundamentals. <laughs> I mean, he had you know, he spent a lifetime in his armory, now he's got to learn to uh, adapt to not being uh, bulletproof. <laughs> and then the next episode we get our the end of the flashbacks that kind of show how him and Fennec Shan teamed up. Cause remember in the Mandalorian, she got gut shot uh, and left, left for dead in the desert. And of course, Fett finds her and takes her into town and gets her, uh, modified by the, 
basically the guy who who uh, modifies people with uh, droid parts and, and saves her life. And then when she wakes up, he's like, hey, uh, I need some help getting my ship back from from uh, Bib Fortuna. If you help me do that, you know. Your, your debt is paid. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, you know, you don't owe me your life. I'm not. And that them breaking into Jabba's former palace to, like, I like I like the the droids in the uh, in the kitchen. <laughs> One with like all the freaking butcher knives uh, uh, trying to fight him, and then they're like, "Oh, we heard a noise. Must be the rat." And you get this like little freaking tuning fork droid comes in there. It's apparently the uh, rat catcher, and them running around trying to catch that little bastard before he sets off the alarm. And this is when he like gets him, and he's like, "Do you know who I am? I am Boba Fett." And the guy's like, "Oh shit!" and just turns himself off. <laughs> Yes. It's like, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> like, I didn't even know that was an option for droids. <laughs> like, the droids just like, oh, it's a bad situation. Power down. Yeah, I don't want to feel this. <laughs> I'm going to power down. <laughs> oh, and then once he gets his ship back, and you know, she's like, so what's, uh, what's next? And he's just like, well, you know, you did what I asked of you. You're, you're free. And she's like, well, I don't know. I got nothing else to do. Let me, uh. Tag her along for the ride. Let's, let's see what's uh. <laughs> You've piqued my interest, uh, Mister Fett. Let me uh, see what else you got uh, going. Is it well? I got a few debts to pay. <laughs> so then he like, fucking blows up that whole biker gang. Uh, you know, death from above. And then he's like, all right, I got one more person I owe, and goes to the to the freaking Sarlacc, <laughs> and goes trying to find his armor, and the thing wakes up and, like, starts trying to eat the ship. And Finnick drops that, like, uh, whatever seismic bomb that you saw from, like, episode two into the Sarlacc and finally blows the fucker up. <laughs> and she's like, and he's like, don't touch my buttons. <laughs> Even though you just saved our asses. And, of course, the armor's not down there because it got jacked by Jawas. How did the Jawas manage to not get eaten? Well, they, did, they didn't go in there. They just, like, found Fett after he crawled out of the Sarlacc. <laughs> They just didn't get close enough to end up in the pit. Like, what is the radius? Like, how far away from the pit? Like, as long as... Is it like a trapdoor spider? As long as you don't, you know... Yeah, as long as you don't end up in the hole, you're you're good. Because <laughs> it says that, you know, they said in, whatever, Return of the Jedi, that it, you know, takes thousands of years to digest something. So, it probably doesn't have to eat that much. It probably just hangs out and just waits for something to fall into his pit. Probably doesn't have to eat very much. <laughs> Took, you know, he was fed up with a, you know, several stormtroopers and shit uh, in the <laughs> to Return of the Jedi, so he's good. Probably has indigestion from Fett burning a hole in his stomach to get out, but... Oh, that was a spicy one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I ate a jalapeno popper. <laughs> but yeah, then that him and Fennec have that conversation where he's like, I want to build a tribe, like... She's like, I'm tired of, you know, we both have risked our lives for, for idiots. And I'm tired of like, you know, having idiots almost get me killed. I want to be the one in charge. And she's like, well, I, you know, I don't want to work for people. She's like, he's like, no, you're going to be my, my partner. Like I will pledge my life to keeping you safe. If you, you know, do the same, we're going to share this equally. You're not going to be my employee. You're going to be my partner. And she's like, all right, sounds pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, then you found out that the, uh, whenever he gets, tries to get assassinated again by, uh, Black K, 
and they all have to fight fight him off and end up like dropping him in the holding him in the sarlacc pit and the twins show up and they're like hey uh yeah we're leaving so this uh we brought you this rancor as a peace officering because we found out that dirty mayor like promised the uh planet to the pike syndicate and we don't want to fuck with the pike syndicate so we're out we suggest you, you should do the same and then he freeze like he's like well here's your assassin back and they're like ah keep him that's uh, that's our uh gift to you and he's just like eh, it's just business no hard feelings go about your bit but he's like from one old bounty hunter to another don't work for assholes <laughs> and he's like yep i get that <laughs> true enough <laughs> i love later on when he's like in the bar getting drunk and he sees the uh uh, the the slavers, and he finally just like snaps and like grabs about to rip one of them's head off, <laughs> and the uh, about the time Boba Fett walks in and uh, the uh, the owner there is like, hey, uh, you've run up a good bar tab. If you you know you you are a great gladiator and and you know well respected, but now you're scaring people. Like if you let him go, I'll clear your your bar tab. And he's like, well, you think he's about to put him down? And he's like. Rips his arm off and chunks him. He's like, and Fettus looks at her. He's like, well, you tried. <laughs> it was a good, good try. And then he's like, hey, uh, big guy, uh, you want a job? I could, I could use some, uh, some muscle, some muscle. Oh, and yeah, because then- that was a cool dynamic. Is you know, it wasn't always about the muscle. Sometimes it was about you know having the brains. Yeah, and people you could like, like his original plan. Like I'm gonna rule with respect, and he started acquiring people that like, Oh, he gives us respect and we're going to give him respect. And, uh, it's that whole do on to others as you would have them do on to you. <laughs> and then we get like two episodes that, uh, Boba Fett's barely in, in his own series. <laughs> yeah. That was a different twist. Like, honestly, like I was watching, you know, and it switched and I'm like, did I just click on the Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I knew that was coming at the end of, uh, episode four when, uh, you know, they find out that the, the Pikes are coming for him and he, you know, tells the other, uh, crime families like, Hey, we can make a lot of money here, but I will deal with the Pikes as long as y'all promise to say neutral and not betray me. And they're like, all right, this sounds like, uh, some business we can do. And then Phoenix like, well, we need, uh, He's like, she's like, how much credits you got? And she's like, oh, I got plenty of credits. What I don't have is enough muscle. She's like, well, you can always buy muscle if you know where to look. And then the, the theme music changes to like the Mandalorian theme. I'm like, oh shit, I know who she's gonna hire. <laughs> and then that next episode, you just see him like walk into like the slaughterhouse, pretty much, and it's like, oh yeah, he's back, baby. <laughs> but he's no good with that lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a dark sword, you know. I mean, yeah. ends up cutting cutting his own leg. Uh, like like to, he goes to get in the elevator. He's got like a severed head in a bag, and like the other guy in the elevator just looking at him, like, "Oh shit, what have I? Uh, <laughs> what have I walked into?" And of course, he finds the uh, the armor and the last surviving uh, of his kind of group of. Mandos, and they fight for the sword. He ends up keeping it, but she's like, "Hey, did you ever take your helmet off?" And he's like, "Yeah, I took my helmet off." Well, you're no longer Mandalorian. Peace out. 
And he's like, cool. I know a bunch of other Mandalorians that don't give a fuck about the whole helmet thing, so I'm going to go hang out with those guys. <laughs> and then him, it's it's so kind of depressing, because, like, his ship got blown up in the last episode, and he's forced to take, like, commercial travel to get to Tatooine. <laughs> I, I, I love where it shows, like, and, you know, no weapons are permitted on the ship, but weapons are my religion. Shit, I can relate to that, bro. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I can ask my supervisor and put you... He's like, fine, fuck it. And, like, there's, like, the whole, like, him, like, unloading all the weapons into, like, the, the case. It's like the droid is like, holy shit, how much weapons you carrying, bro? <laughs> Enough. I mean, he still has a flamethrower on his arm, so they didn't really <laughs> get all his weapons. But yeah, that uh, him having to take a uh, commercial flight, and then gets back to his old uh, uh, friend, the uh, the mechanic, and she's like, "He's like, where's the? Sh- you said you had a new fire sp- or a new uh, uh, ship for me." So like, no, no, I said I had like a replacement. F- you know, I had your ship. It's not, and it's like an old like N one starfighter from like episode one, one of those like old Naboo starfighters. And I swear, like, the rest of this episode, I got a real Fast and the Furious vibe. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because, you know, they just go through, start talking about, you know, ship components and upgrades and, you know. <laughs> and they're building this, and it's like, it's like the montage of them building, like, a hot rod, you know, a racer in, like, the first Fast and the Furious movie. And the thing even has, like, something that looks like an engine sticking up out of the, <laughs> out of the hood. I mean, they basically he's built this like fucking hot rod and I'm like and then he goes on like the test flight and he's like you know running through Beggar's Canyon doing all and she's like he's like I don't know it's it seems awfully shaky and she's like you're used to flying a gunship that's a starfighter fly it like a starfighter and he's like okay and it's like floors it and he's like oh yeah now it's yeah. <laughs> it's smooth and like goes and then of course gets pulled over by the cops <laughs> like and it's the same uh, X-Wing pilot from uh, that you ran into in the Mandalorian like they pull him over and he's like, he's like, where's your uh, identifier? And he's like, oh, I just got this ship. Uh, I'll go back and, and and have it installed. This was just a test flight. And he's like, hey, you sound familiar. Did uh, you used to fly this uh, ship? We had a report of a ship like that blowing up a imperial base on this other planet. You, you mind coming back to the station? Just asking a few, answering a few questions. And he's like, uh, let me hit this nitrous button because we're playing Fast and the Furious. And just takes off. <laughs> But he didn't engage his hyperdrive, blah, 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 like. <laughs> yeah, they're like. The do you room. want to do the paperwork on this? <laughs> or should we just, yeah, yeah, we, we, we saw nothing. <laughs> I don't want to do the paperwork. <laughs> Did you ever encounter anything like that in your past life? No, I never ran into anybody with, uh, with nitrous. <laughs> Not a whole lot of, you know, street racers out here in the, in the country. Steam engines. Oh, but then we also got the, uh, kind of the gro- return of Grogu, too, you know. The Mando, you know, of course, at the end of this episode, Finnick shows up and offers uh, Mando a job, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it, but uh, I gotta go visit a little friend first. So he goes to take uh, the little Mandalorian armor uh, chainmail he had had made to, to give it to Grogu, and goes to the planet where they're training. And i like, R2-D2 leads them to, like, where they're building the school, and there's all these, like, ant droids running around. And he's like, so where's Skywalker? And then he just, like, powers off, like, I'm not answering any more questions. He's like, what the fuck? And then, like, the droids come over and build him a bench. And he's like, is this a bench? 
Like, that's one way to tell, like, sit down and wait a little while, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going to build him a bench. You're going to be here for a minute. Take a number. You're going to be here a while. Uh, but yeah, the little training montage with Grogu and, and of course, uh, Ahsoka's return and, you know, tells the Mando that he would, you know, if he interrupts the training that, you know, he's going to, it's going to be harder for him since he misses him. But the whole, like, him and Luke trying to meditate and he, like, sees a frog and then, like, force lifts the frog and is about to eat it when, like, Luke comes. And I'm just like, really, dude? <laughs> like, I've got a whole field of frogs. It's like, here, let me show you what you can really do with the force if you learn. And, like, bloop, like, there's all the frogs. <laughs> and then him, like, trying to, like, teach him to, like, force jump and stuff. And he's just kind of, like, hops. <laughs> and he's like, all right, let me show you what you can really do. And, like, puts him in the backpack like Yoda and starts running through the, <laughs> running through the jungle. And, uh, or when they're just walking through the jungle, and he keeps, like, lifting them with the force and moving them farther ahead so yeah. they keep up with him. <laughs> Little short legs. Takes a lot longer to keep up. But that whole thing at the end where it's like, he's like, your, you know, your Mando brought you a gift. He's like, hey, this is Yoda's lightsaber. He's like, you can only choose one. Take the lightsaber and you'll become my first student. You take the armor, you can return to your, uh, your Mando. And then it just episodes ends there, and of course, the next episode too. Or well, actually, the end of this episode, yo, they're still looking for some foot soldiers. So, whatever Cobb Vanth is uh, still marshal despite giving up his uh, his armor, and he's even more like Clint Eastwood in this. Uh, like, you know, got like when he like finds the Pikes dealing drugs out in the den, he's like, he's like, you know, don't cause no trouble, and they. They go for the guns, and he's like freaking guns them all down, and and he's like, There's "This this place is off limits for uh for uh for spice for spice." But then uh, Mando comes and tries to enlist him to to help uh, Fett in his war with the Pikes, and he's like, "Well, I'll call a town meeting and we'll let the town vote on it." But then you get probably the greatest intro. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of like the Clone Wars cartoon and the Bad Batch and all that, and you just see this like cowboy hat figure start walking up out of the desert. And I'm like, no fucking way, that can't be who I think it is. And then when he walks up and it's like, holy fuck, it's Cad Bane. Yes, <laughs> like he is basically like evil alien Clint Eastwood. I mean, it's. <laughs> Like, he was such, like, a badass character. And, like, I mean, he was, like, going toe-to-toe with Jedis and, like, always coming out ahead. And, like, such... And he, even in the uh, Bad Batch, if you saw that, he ended up uh, tangling with Fennec Shan because uh, he was trying to uh, kidnap the, uh, uh, whatever, Echo... Not Echo, uh, Omega. And uh, Fennec uh, saved her because she was working for a different uh, group. <laughs> But yeah, and he was also kind of Boba Fett's mentor too. It, when Boba was like young in the uh, during the Clone Wars, he was kind of the one who who taught him how to be a bounty hunter. So it's like, if anyone's a threat to Fett, man, it's Cad Bane, and he ends up shooting the marshal and the yeah. He's like, I shot the sheriff, but I, I did, did kill not the deputy. Shoot the deputy. <laughs> <laughs> but I shot the deputy a lot. <laughs> And that brings us to the the final episode, where we finally got, like, all the action that we had been wanting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was a 
hell of a, you know, wrap up as far as the action and everything was concerned. And this one is the most Western to me. Like, you're, you're not as big of a John Wayne fan as I am, but this whole episode reminded me heavily of uh, Rio Bravo or El Dorado. Like, in both those movies, John Wayne ends up having to, like, hold up in the in the jail uh, while the town is pretty much surrounded by, you know, bad guys. <laughs> and uh, him and his, like, few loyal deputies are... Are are held up in the in the jail defending it. Well, in this one, it's just the blown up uh, sanctuary bar that the Pikes decided to uh, nuke to uh, start start the war. And then, of course, all his guys are scattered around Moss Espas watching the different crime family zones. When it turns out they all turn on turn on him, and it's just him, Mando, and and Finnick, and then the dirtbag uh, uh, mayor's assistants that they've. <laughs> they've kept and I, I like that he's like well we need to cut the head off the snake let's take care of like command and control so Fennec you know you go take care of like the bosses and we'll try to hold out here long enough to hopefully the freedom town people come to help us and they find out you know Cad Bane comes up and he's like oh yeah by the way it wasn't that biker gang that uh trying to like goad him into a fight. It wasn't the biker gang that killed your family. It was, uh, the Pikes and like, you know, Fett almost like, he's like, you know, Fett like, no, don't we fight on our terms. Don't, don't do it. And like talks him out of it. And then they, uh, when she leaves and it's just him and the Mando and it's like, he's like, well, I guess, and they don't, you know, Cad also tells him that there's no help coming, that he's killed the marshal. And he just looks at Mando and he's like, well, I guess you'll be, uh, be leaving then, huh? He's like, no, I made you a deal. I'm going to be here till we both fall. He's like, cause that's the, that's the way he's like, you believe all that, uh, bullshit. He's like, I do. And he's like, good. And like, he's like, well, then I guess we'll both die in the name of honor. And then the politician's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I can negotiate a, a truce for you. That's what I do. I negotiate things. He's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Give me your pad. I'll, I'm going to write out my, uh, my surrender terms here. <laughs> and he goes out there to like the pikes. He's like, uh, the great Boba Fett, you know, he, he, here's his terms of surrender. He says, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, read it. Well, maybe. He's like, they're reading. He's like, he says, if you don't surrender and leave now, the oceans of Tatooine will once again be filled with uh, your blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then him and Mando come flying out of the skies with their jetpacks and just start gunning motherfuckers down. I'm like, hell yeah. But even they start to get overrun. And then the town people like, like you don't, you don't shoot the sheriff like that. You know, if they probably would have been like, nah, this is not our problem and voted against joining the fight. But once they shot Cobb, they're like, Oh no. And like these, these people done pissed us off. You don't shoot our, our sheriff and get away with it. So his, uh, his army shows up to, <laughs> and runs the pikes off for a bit until their freaking tank droid things show up. Dude, they were badass too. Like I think they call them scorpion droids or whatever. And then the lone X-wing flies into the garage and like, <laughs> like the mechanics like shit hide all the legal parts. Uh, hi uh, officer, uh, welcome to town. Uh, and it's like just Grogu sitting in there. <laughs> oh hi, you kid. <laughs> what your name's Grogu? That's a horrible name. I'm not gonna call you that. <laughs> 
And of course she shows up with him like in the middle, in the midst of the fight. <laughs> he's like, it is, he's like jumps on the mando. He's like, yeah, I'm glad to see you too, buddy, but you're kind of showed up at a bad time. We're kind of fucked right now. <laughs> oh, but you got your tiny armor vest on. You're good. <laughs> oh, and unfortunately the, uh, the, uh, the Gamorrean guards did not make, make it through the ambush, but black K man, when he starts taking on all those Trandoshans and you're like, you think he's fucked. And then like, you know, in the middle of that battle, he comes like around the corner, still dragging like three dudes. <laughs> it's like, I mean, he's like damn badass. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I mean, dude, he's a fucking gladiator. Yeah, he was fucking some shit up. And even like when Finnick that like, goes and rescues the uh, the mods, <laughs> she's like, "Don't move." He's like, "What?" He's like, "Get out." And you're like, uh, "Okay." And all of a sudden, you're like, you know, she starts sniping dudes right and left, and like, you know, gets them back in the fight, and you know, everybody ends up back at the. Uh, at the OK Corral there, uh, having to fend off the, the droids. And he's like, uh, we need, he's like, we need some help. And like, Mando's like, dude, you're out of friends. <laughs> Where are we going to get help? And he's like, keep everybody alive. I'll be back. And then like, they get that whole running gun through the, through the town with the, with the freaking droids. And then all of a sudden Fett rides in on his, on his freaking Rancor. You're like, fuck yes. <laughs> when that Rancor just comes over the building and like Fett riding that thing. It's like, all right, this is badass. <laughs> but you knew that was going to happen at some point. Like, oh, yeah, because that was the first thing he said to Danny Trejo, and he's like, I need to learn to ride it. Yeah, he's like, what? He's like, I've read things bigger than this, because, like, in the, I mean, he rode, like, a big dinosaur thing in, like, the one of the, like, the first appearance of Boba Fett in the uh, cartoon as part of the Christmas special. But yeah, him riding in there like a damn cowboy on, on top of a, <laughs> a Rancor. Yeah, that was that. That was like the the most badass thing. You're like you, you knew it was gonna happen. I'm like, why didn't you just go back and get your ship and come and bomb these things? But Rancor looks ship would have probably been easier, but Rancor battle way better <laughs> and unpredictable. Yeah, when it gets uh when he gets knocked off and it goes on its own rampage, it starts climbing the tower. Like, oh, now we have a King Kong reference. <laughs> With like Mando, and when Mando tries to like fight it and just like bites his helmet and like looking at him. He's like, uh, sorry about that big guy. <laughs> just trying to calm you down. Start doing the Marvel thing. The sun's getting real low, buddy. <laughs> trying to yeah. calm the Hulk. <laughs> and then like some imprint this is. And then like a little Grogu just goes out there and like Jedi mind tricks it and puts it to sleep. And then he's like, all right, you're like a big puppy now. I'm just going to curl up next to you and take a nap myself. It's <laughs> too much excitement for a little kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna chill. But yeah, once they, and then like, after like they, the, you know, you cut to all the bosses like hiding out in Moss Eisley's, and then Fennec just shows up and like mercs like all the, all the bosses, hangs the mayor and kills all the pikes. It's like, oh yeah, fuck all y'all. Justice was served. And that was the part too. Like after that. That really reminded me of a John Wayne movie. Because in both of those, like, Rio Bravo and El Dorado, like, after the war with the the bad cowboys are over, you always have, you know, John Wayne and his deputy or whatever kind of walking the town, kind of doing his, like, you know, final patrol. And, like, and all the townsfolk's like, you know, how you doing, sir? And all that, you know, and it's it's like, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty much just the end of uh, Rio Bravo. <laughs> it's like, or El Dorado, because both those movies are pretty much the same movie. 
<laughs> it's like, yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a walk around my my town. And you know, even like you know, Big K is there and the the biker gangs. He's like, it's like I said, you know, like, well, you know, we're we're all the family now, and we've got our we've got our town. And then you get the kind of post credits of you know, they said the mayor the marshal was shot, but they never said he was. They said well, he shot him in cold blood, but never did say kill him. Yeah. And like you know, Fetz, like everybody's like you know, he keeps having to like salute people, and he's like, ah, oh, why is it? It's like, why do they all have to like you know, like salute me or something? Because I got to keep raising my arm. My arm hurts. So well, why don't you get in your back to tank? He's like, well, it's kind of occupied right now. And it cuts to the mod uh, doctor that saved uh, Fennec is there, and you see Cobb Vanth in the bath- back to tank. We're like, hell yeah, he didn't die. So hopefully, if we get a- another season of this, you know, he'll he'll show up and do some more. More gunslinging. Yeah. I, I really like that character. In no, the, that was in an Mando. awesome character for sure. <laughs> and I love the, uh, when you see Mando and, uh, Grogu flying away and he's in the little bubble cockpit thing with the, <laughs> with the gear shifter from the razor crest that he gave. And he's like tapping on the glass. He's like, Nope, we're not going to do it. And he's like, just taps on the glass. Alert. He's like, no, no, no more. And he's like, come on. And he's like, I want to go fast. No, no, come on want to go fast no no I won't go fast he's like fine last time and like it's the it's the freaking nitrous button <laughs> takes off i'm like that's badass yeah <laughs> that's why you know kids in the back seat cause accidents <laughs> but remember accidents in the back seat cause kids true Ooh. so <laughs> as we kind of wrap this up any highlights we've not discussed that uh do you think this is a one and done for the Book of Fett, or are some of those characters going to show up in like Mandalorian or some of these other series? Oh yeah, we got I, out? I definitely think um, you know we've already had the crossover. I think the crossover will continue. Will it continue in the entirety of the Book of Fett? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, I really I mean, they, it, they wrapped up. I mean, they didn't leave any big cliffhangers or anything else. But they introduced some really cool, you know, characters that maybe we'll get some spinoff series or something else. And that's that's one of the things that I like about these these platforms, you know, developing these shows and series the way they are. Is it opens the door for, you know, many characters that you talked about through the books. As somebody that has not read all of the books or is familiar with the books as you are, like, you know, it's like... These are people that I want to see, you know, in action. Yeah. That I want to learn more about, and and we didn't even talk about the the final showdown between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. That was like was badass. I mean, when he just like finally like you know struggling like outgunning him, and they, it turns into like a like you said a fist fight, and he finally like he, you know he's like you're you're going soft in your old age. He's like yeah, we all do eventually. He's like. He's like, why are you trying to be like the savior? You're you're a killer, and at the end, he's like, see, I knew you were a killer, and he finally like grabs his his freaking gaffy stick and like fucks him up. Finally, puts him down. It's like, oh, yeah, that was like the most badass like duel. Yes, but yeah, this they kind of wrap this up nicely. So I don't know if we'll have a season two of Buck Above Fit, but we may see these characters again show up in the Mandalorian or. We, I think the uh, Obi-Wan series starts uh, probably, in, I think, in May. And then we also have an Ahsoka series coming out at some point. So, 
probably not the last we've seen of these characters, but this may be the uh, one and done season for the the book of Boba Fett. Because I know we're supposed to be getting back to the Mandalorian, you know, fairly soon. So, what do you think of this uh, cigar? Dude, it it's been a phenomenal smoke. Yeah, it's definitely like kept my attention this whole time. It's not. I don't know. I still wouldn't call it like strong, but yet the flavor has definitely been yeah been there through throughout. I mean, it's it's a, definitely a bold. I smoke. mean, it takes. Dude, I, I I smoke some pretty bold cigars, and it took about the halfway point for it to sort of numb my taste buds. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a uh, a cigar I am in, enjoying. One will def- definitely have another one of these. It's uh, it'd be good. But with that, that's wrapping up the uh, book of Boba Fett and get back to light speed, and we'll be right back. Kuzumo Senpai in Mandalorian. War is over. I'm a piece of Mandalorian. The story is not Star Wars. The story is deep in the base, but they play at better games. Round renegade, show them penetrate first and second defense. I won't hesitate. Got a job to do when Darth Vader delegates. Got something against Skywalker. Somebody really hates. I don't give a fuck. I'm after Solo for all I carry. Could be Han at Yoda's dojo. Gotta make the money. Credit's no good when a job is running shop in your neighborhood. Think you can cook? I got a grappling hook. Let's make this quick, cause I'm really booked. I'm a devious degenerate defender of the devil. Shut down all the trash compactors on the detention level. My backpacks got chance. Well, I'm Boba, all the fat. Well, I bounty hunt for Java Hut to finance my bed. Well, I chill in deep space. A mask is over my face. Well, I deliver the crash, but I'm still there on my eyes. Just my time, I don't like to waste it now. Hey, Mike, I think I might have the new promo for Earth Station 1 for the spring. Want to hear it? Sure. Celebrating over 12 years of bringing you all things geek, we're the Earth Station One Podcast. No matter the topic, we have been showing you all sides of geekdom with interviews, reviews, discussions, con reports, and as always, the geek seat. Join Mike and Mike weekly at earthstation1.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. That's Earth Station One. What, what do you think? Is it okay? That's eh, fine. We'll, we'll do better next time. And we're back. It's time for some science. Ready to learn some shit? I am ready to be educated, sir. Well, Indoctrinated and whatever other aided there is. Well, you know, off uh, off Mike, you said it was nap time. Well, I got a story about nap time for you. I think that's why I was falling asleep. <laughs> Were you already trying this uh, technique? I, I, I think so. I, I, I got about 20 seconds into the article, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, uh, yeah, a uh, huh? TikTok fitness guru, Justin Augustine, uh, has been putting put out a supposedly uh, developed by the military technique to help you fall asleep anywhere within two minutes. Supposedly, this was originally developed uh, for fighter pilots who needed sleep for concentration, and so this it was a trick developed for soldiers to help them sleep anywhere, anytime, despite if they're you know in uncomfortable situations. So basically, it's like a relaxation technique. Uh, He says, start by relaxing the muscles in your forehead, relax your eyes, your cheeks, your jaws, and focus on your breathing. Down to your neck and your shoulders. Make sure your shoulders are not tensed up. Drop them as low as you can to keep your arm and keep your arms loose by your side, including your hands and fingers. Then imagine a warm sensation going from your head all the way down to your fingertips. Take a deep breath. Slowly exhale. Relax your chest, stomach down to your uh, your feet. And then 
picture a uh, warmth going from your heart down to your toes if uh, you know random thoughts start uh, uh-huh. yeah <laughs> if random starts start breaking in it's like you know just uh, think don't think don't think don't think uh, for 10 seconds until kind of the random thoughts and you know also kind of picture yourself in a calm uh, serene area and See, that would be my problem don't think don't think okay I'm I'm thinking about not thinking. Damn it, I'm distracting myself. <laughs> Apparently the technique comes from a book called Relax and Win Championship Performance published back in 1981. Uh, and the whatever U.S. Navy flight school developed a scientific method to fall asleep day or night in any conditions un- in under two minutes. After six weeks of practice, 96% of the pilots could fall asleep uh, in two minutes or less, even after drinking coffee. <laughs> Which... Now that I've seen this, like right now, I'm like I've, I kind of do the same thing myself. If I'm having trouble sleeping, and I got this from a uh, like I used to read a lot of um, like martial arts books, and I think there was one on uh, ninja meditation I read back in like high school, and it was like basically like picture all the stress in your body as like a smoke, kind of like you know what we got going on here, and then just slowly like body part by body part visualize that smoke being released and just hollowing out until like all the smoke is like completely out of your body. And by that time you like your muscles and everything else have kind of relaxed and it's easier to drift off to sleep. So apparently I've been doing this without knowing you were knowing doing, I was doing this. <laughs> so even though the uh, military supposedly came up with this, are you 80s, just trying to justify your sleep habit or lack thereof? I, I, I always have trouble sleeping. So like maybe I should start doing this again so I don't <laughs> stay up all you know, the playing on my phone for an hour until my brain shuts off is uh is my usual technique, but that takes too damn long. I gotta start trying to <laughs> do this shit again. And in the uh Skynet news Oh now Blackhawk helicopters can fly themselves. If you want Terminators, this is how you get Terminators. <laughs> Of the Black Hawk variety. Well, I mean... Those are those 100 killer droids you see in I the... I mean, uh... this this only makes sense because, you know, I mean, this is setting society up for its epic boss battle. Because you can't have a boss battle without, without a helicopter level. <laughs> yes, the U- U.S. Defense Department's Experimental Research Agency, DARPA, uh, announced this week the agency had a UH-60A Black Hawk complete a... 30-minute uncrewed flight over U.S. Army installation Fort Campbell in Kentucky. Uh, they had another anonymous flight uh, conducted two days later at that camp. Um, so, yeah, basically they're, they're kind of integrating, I guess, drone technology into current aircraft. Uh, a system called Aircrew Labor in Cockpit Atom- Automation System, ALIAS, uh, basically can fly the plane up by itself. Uh, although, you know, in the first test flights, they had human pilots there just in case anything went r- wrong. But, you know, now the helicopter can fly completely uncrewed with little to no human involvement. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the uninhabited un- Blackhawk navigates at, t- at typical speed and altitude through a simulated cityscape, avoiding imaginary buildings while in route and replanning routes in real time. If anything comes up, I mean, no word of this thing can, you know, launch missiles or fire guns on its own, but 
it can fly on its own. I mean, that, hey, if a pilot gets injured or, or something, or like I said, kind of the benefit of this is, you know, pilots need rest and whatnot, where with these automated systems, you can fly missions 24 hours a day, you know, whether you have pilots uh, ready to go or not, or even just, you know, say you're a pilot running a bunch of missions. If the helicopter can fly itself there to the, I guess, zone, I mean, it would give the pilots a chance to rest on the way to mission and maybe take over once it's time to run the actual mission on, you know, on site and then, you know, kind of zone out on the way back to base and, you know, and kind of freeze them up where they're not having to uh, work the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, something to say, you know, hey, my batteries are charged. I feel fresh. Like, I'm, I'm ready to carry out the task at hand. <laughs> I mean, if uh, Tesla cars can drown themselves, why not Blackhawks? And other... My Tesla identifies as a Blackhawk. <laughs> I identify as an A-10 Warthog. Brr. And other robot news. U.S. trials autonomous robot dogs to patrol southern border. So yeah, the uh why does it look like a boombox? <laughs> it looks like a boombox with legs. <laughs> yes, Ghost Robots uh Ghost Robotics robot dog uh has now been uh has now joined the border patrol. And basically these things are patrolling areas of the border that are kind of inhospitable uh you know, desert, high mountains, stuff like that where you know, the heat and remoteness is not best for uh human patrol officers, these dogs can kind of uh, patrol those areas as a kind of a mobile observation platform and report any kind of criminal activity. Uh, so you, you have less human resources having to uh, secure our borders. You got these dogs that can call in suspicious activity. But if they just call it in, then, well, I mean, I, I guess at that point you can fly in or, you know, ATV in or whatever, you know, you know where you're going at that point. I mean, they can also be like not only outfitted with, uh, yeah, surveillance technology, but I mean, the hell these things could probably carry water and supplies. So if you in a rescue situation where you got some, uh, people crossing the border and get trapped out in the desert cause people die all the time trying to sneak into the country, you know, this, Dog could well, uh, just don't do bring that. them need need them some needed supplies until uh, they can be uh, picked up by border patrol agents. And of course, you know, people are complaining about this, but you know, AOC says it's a bad idea. She says it's a bad idea. I'm like, this is probably a pretty good idea. Ah, <laughs> uh, did we just get political? Of course not. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm I'm totally against the robot dogs, uh, not uh, because of the whole border patrol thing, but because these are the future of uh, Terminators. <laughs> you know, the the autonomous Blackhawk will be able to drop the dogs off, and then the robot dogs will yeah. chase and kill us all. <laughs> it's like the dog can get to the places the helicopter can't. Damn it! <laughs> At least the, from the looks of the kind of the models they're using, uh, these don't have the creepy robot head like hand thing that the uh, Boston Dynamic dogs have. So. At least it can't bite you yet. But also, this is the same model of dog we talked about the, uh, whatever, mobile sniper platform where they strapped a sniper rifle on one of these robot dogs. Yeah, it's the same company. 
So, <laughs> no word yet if these patrol dogs are going to be armed, but the company has made armed dogs in the past. So, yeah, Terminators. Definitely Terminators. And finally, if uh, robots weren't a kick in the nuts, apparently you can die from getting kicked in the nuts. You know, I just watched Jackass 4 last week, and a lot of dudes getting hit, hit in the nuts in those those shows. And Maybe they were just concentrated on the right, or the left testicle, not the right. <laughs> uh, yes, but apparently a new, uh, <laughs> a new study is like, the earliest reported case where someone's death is attributed slowly to injury to the testicles comes from a port in 1843. Basically, in some parts of Germany, a uh, custom exists in case of quarrel or violent, uh, the uh, violent compressing of the nuts is how they kind of settled uh, arguments in 1840s Germany. <laughs> so if you get in a fight, somebody's going to crush your balls. Uh, apparently, uh, they had a case of sudden death, uh, from injury to the testicles, uh, where, you know, after getting his nuts hit, uh, dude collapsed and died a few minutes later. Unfortunately, since it's from the 1840s, three, there's not a whole lot of, uh, information on this, uh, this thing, but according to the journal Urological Clinics of North America, uh, external genital trauma is uncommon and rarely life-threatening but warrants prompt evaluation for proper management. Uh, adding that injuries can cause devastating long-term physical, psychological, and functionality consequences. But yes, it, while it is rare, uh, cases of nut death are documented. In one case, an 18-year-old injured his testicles while riding his bike. Two months, months after the incident, he experienced severe pain in his scrotum, as well as a fever, and doctors reported that he eventually died of systematic inflammatory response syndrome, which is basically a, when you're injured, your body over-exaggerates its defense response. So is that almost like shock then? I guess. And there was another uh, report uh, in the International Journal of Medical Toxicology and Forensics Medicine, where a man who was hit in the testicles by a car, which... How did? <laughs> was it a Matchbox car? I don't know. It just says he was hit in the nuts by a car. That's either small car, or huge nuts. <coughs> I'm like, how is that the only thing that got hit? But he, you know, died of his injuries. And when they autopsy him, they could not find any other injuries to the body that would cause death, except for he had like a, a bad hematoma in his nut area. So, which, you know, I guess is internal bleeding. So, yeah, it's like that was the only thing that uh, they could find wrong with him in the aut autopsy was severe nut punch. Huh. So protect the boys, and if they get hit, you should... One punch, man. You should uh, probably get that checked out, and definitely don't involve yourself in uh, recreating anything from the movie Jackass. That's your PSA announcement from the Cigar <laughs> Nerds. Ah. So, that's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back with some news. And now, it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news! And in this rendition of news, we're going to talk about future things. 
like madness and multiverses. Woohoo! I like multiversal madness. Strange. So let's talk about <laughs> Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Yeah, our next uh, in- introduction to the MCU coming out in what, May? Yeah, it'll be May 6, 2022. Um, I gotta say, dude, like, Doctor, like, I, I don't know. Multiverses just really fuck with my head for some reason. <laughs> like, I, it's almost too much to process. Oh, and there's so many, like, people trying to analyze these trailers going, is is that so-and-so? In, like, I even saw one that, like, there's a scene where, like, I guess there's shattering glass and the glass is showing different multiverses. Someone's like, that one blurry image, I think that's Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, you see Doctor Strange getting... I guess arrested, going and thrown on some kind of like magical tribunal, and you hear a voice, and it sounds a whole lot like Patrick Stewart, and it's like everyone's like, "Oh shit, is uh, Professor X in this?" I mean, we've been talking about how do we get the X Men into you know all the current Marvel. This is absolutely the way to do it because yeah. it's such a clusterfuck. Literally anything could happen. Yeah, and even if they you know. Yeah, like so ever since Loki kind of <laughs> broke free the multiverse there in his series, yeah, pretty much anything. Like the, and there's there's also rumors going around that um, there was a a group called the Illuminati in the Marvel universe, which was like Professor X, Iron Man, and a couple other dudes. With were like these this kind of council of heroes that uh you know ran a lot of shit, and it's like so it's like it, Patrick Stewart being there as Professor X makes total sense if they're actually bringing the Illuminati into uh, into this. Illuminati confirmed. We're going to start folding our dollar bills. <laughs> Look at all the Illuminati symbols on our currencies. Doo-doo-doo. Tell me it's not by design. <laughs> I feel like we should be wearing tinfoil hats or something. That got very, like, conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Maybe we do, like, a conspiracy episode. We just wear tinfoil hats the whole time. <laughs> There is no conspiracy. We just make folks believe that there is a conspiracy afoot. Yeah, we invent a fake uh, conspiracy and do an episode on it. <laughs> See how many people like but buy into it. We can't start a cult. I have Come too on. much to manage to manage a cult, and I don't like people all that much. I already live out in the woods. <laughs> then fine. You, you can start a cult, Joe. Uh, let's talk a little bit about horror films. You know, horror we, films? yeah, you know, oh, like, horror. I thought you said yeah. horror films. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess they kind of go hand in hand. I don't, you know. <laughs> but I mean, you know, Netflix just did their Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, and I know you haven't seen it yet. Most folks probably haven't seen it. May not care to see it. Probably because that one got like no advertising. Like I didn't hear about the trailer until like a month. Before well, it was I mean, to it was going to be a theatric thing, but dude, I would feel like if I'm going to pay the money to go to a theater, I want to be there, you know, two or two and a half hours. I don't want to be there for an hour and twenty minutes. I mean, that kind of used to be the like ninety minutes used to be like the standard for movies, and then yeah. shit just kept getting longer and longer. <laughs> yeah, but um, let's. Let's talk about the Halloween franchise. Because we both liked Halloween Kills. Yeah, like, well... 
whatever the first one was, we like the second one was it was okay, but <laughs> yeah, we had uh, you know, like I said, Jamie Lee Curtis was barely in the uh, in the second one, so it was like the first one like was really good. The second one, eh... maybe I'm trying to remember the first one, and I think it was like. Halloween Return? Fuck, I can't remember what the very first of the new yeah. Halloween movies were, but I think Halloween Kills was the second one. And that one was Some okay, part. but it wasn't great. It wasn't as good as the first. Um, Well, I, I digress that, you know, apparently John Carpenter says that that could be the end of the franchise. But I'm wondering how much money it made. Yeah. Because, you know, if things make money, they tend to not let them die. Even if they should. And even him saying that, it may be the end of his franchise. That doesn't say they're not going to do a fucking reboot in another couple years. I just... I, 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 I don't understand, like, the... Like, gore has become the new obsession. And in a horror movie, like, that doesn't really do anything. It's like, build suspense. Build, like... Stop following every stereotypical, you know, campy horror film out there and yeah, do something to break the mold, you know? Then again, I do like a good slasher movie. I mean, I got nothing well. wrong with, you know, slasher films. Like, But yeah, the gore porn that uh, kind of got popular with uh, Hostel like, and all like that. Like, we, 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 we traded boobs for gore. <laughs> and I have a problem with that. <laughs> Demand more boobs in my slasher films. I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> That's all I got. But I don't know, dude. I still want to see the new, the last Scream movie that came out. I, I kind of missed that one. Hell, I think it's still in theaters. I, I don't know if... Uh, cause I always like the Scream movies, but yeah. Yeah, no, Scream's always been epic. As well as Scary Movie. <laughs> uh, um, you want to get evil? You want to sure. talk about metal? Yeah, I'll, I'm, a, I'm a fan of metal. Uh, Studio Six Six Six. That it, we did not start a uh, a music studio, by the way. Um, <laughs> it is a film starring Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters with Playing all the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yes, we got a new Red Band trailer, and dude, it looks over the top. Just batshit crazy. Yes, it looks hilarious. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that, uh, what's that uh, movie we watched about the Finnish metal band? Deathgasm or whatever it was. I think so. Where it was like a band uh, writes a song that accidentally like unleashes a demon. Where at this point it's like the Foo Fighters are got writer's block and trying to write their next great album. So they rent this haunted house in the Hollywood Hills that turns out to be legit haunted. And Dave Grohl gets possessed by a demon from the looks of it and tries to kill the band. <laughs> I mean, that's just a lead singer's ego. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's let's just call that for what it is. But, yeah, I mean, it, it does look absolutely, you know, crazy. And, like, it's going to be a riot. Um, yeah, I like horror. I like metal. And together, we don't have to I mean, wait very good. long. Because February 25th is uh, the release date. Yeah, I mean, as we're recording, this comes out in, like, two days from <laughs> the recording. Um, well, Stranger Things, season five. Well, season four is about to come out. But yeah, yeah but apparently it's been renewed for a fifth season. 
Yeah, they're saying that's going to be the last of it. And supposedly this fourth season coming up is going to be the longest season yet. They're breaking it up into two parts. Uh, part one is coming out uh, mid-May. I don't remember the exact date. And then the second half will come out in July. Oh, God. Are they doing like one of those six-episode things? Or do we get like... Well, I haven't seen a number of how many... Or Total is like, you know, they part are. one, 13 episodes, part two, 13 episodes. It might be, because they're saying this is the longest season so far. So I don't know how many episodes are in each part one and part two, but... So I've yeah, not seen, but, I've not mean, seen the, a total number of episodes. The kids but, are no longer the kids, so, you know, unless yeah, they're they all jump, in their you know. early 20s at this point. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, that's kind of why they're wrapping it up at season five. It's getting to the point where these people can't play teenagers anymore. <laughs> Dude, I've always had this hairline. <laughs> I was playing 30 at 17. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, when I was 30, my hairline looked like it was 70. <laughs> the more white I get in my beard, the... <laughs> yeah, hey, nothing wrong with a little salt and pepper. Just push it. <laughs> push it real good. No scrubs. Uh, I thought no scrubs was TLC. Yeah, yeah Scrubs is definitely TLC. And what was uh, Mighty Good Man? I think was the uh, Salt and Pepper song. <laughs> what a man! What a man! What a mighty! Uh, yeah, I guess so. Maybe I don't know. Uh, we did get a teaser trailer from Capcom for a uh, Street Fighter Six. Wow, I haven't played a Street Fighter game in dude. It just oh wow. Like, how I didn't even play the last Mortal Kombat game that came out. I did because it's free on Xbox Game Pass. Sweet. If you if you haven't already and you enjoy video games, I know it will take forever for you to download games, but Xbox Game Pass is like just a monthly fee and you basically get everything in the Xbox catalog. And I've got the Xbox app on this computer, so I don't have to have an Xbox to Correct. That. I can That's I finished my last game I was playing, so I don't have a new game. Yeah, Game currently. Pass is basically the Xbox library on PC, but because it's Microsoft People that have Xbox consoles and stuff, if they're on your friends, like you can still cross-play and stuff hmm. together. I mean, I got an Xbox controller for this laptop, so I may have to look that up. Because, yeah, I finished playing my Star Wars game, so I need a new uh, new game. I haven't uh, played I anything yet. I think if you... I don't remember. Like, I, I got a promo, but you also get the EA catalog. And what the EA catalog is all of your Star Wars games. Ooh. Because yeah, I've heard that uh, whatever re uh, remastered version of Knights of the Old Republic supposed to look look pretty sweet. Yes. So I don't even know if that's out yet, but I remember seeing the the trailer for it. and It looked badass. I'm just saying you need to put your video card through its pacey, pacer since you know. Yeah, I finished uh, whatever X Wing, so yeah, it's time to time to find a new game to play. But yeah, uh, apparently Street Fighter Six is coming. Um, we don't have a whole lot of details, but it is Street Fighter. Uh, and I don't know if the trailer is depicting gameplay or not, but it just looks crazy. Like, to me, I still go back and play Sega Street Fighter. Remember the old uh, Capcom vs. Marvel game? Yes. Where it was a mixture of the Street Fighter and, like, Marvel, Marvel characters? characters? I used to love the shit out of that game. That's what I'm saying. Berserker Barrage! Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I You know, fans of the Street Fighter franchise... Keep your antennae up. <laughs> Any other news? You said you had some release dates or something off. Well, here. we already talked about uh, Stranger Things, but 
we all know our my favorite book series uh, has been the Jack Carr Terminal List series. Uh, his new book's coming out in May, but the long-rumored uh, TV adaptation of The Terminal List finally got a release date starring Chris Pratt as uh, James Reese. Uh, they finally announced that it will be premiering on Amazon Prime July 1st. So finally get to see how the adaptation of the book to TV looks. And that's something I was like, man, I wonder, because reading, there's some pretty gruesome death and torture scenes in those books. I'm like, I wonder if they're actually going to do that live action. But then again, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the same network that has the boys. <laughs> so they, they do not shy away from like graphic violence. So I'm like, I think they're going to probably do a good job on this. Yeah. So yeah, that's coming out July 1st, uh, so check that Just out. Just in time for freedom, America. America. Uh, if that's all you got, uh, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. Uh, we're also on YouTube now. Look up Cigar Nerds Podcast on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, I'm starting to put video versions of the podcast up and probably going to start filming some other just random shit until I figure out what I want to do with Listicles. the channel. Listicles! <laughs> uh, and we're also, like, at your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cigar Nerd Pod. Get your shirts at Real Men Smoke Cigars. And remember, your options are, I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.